welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Hi, I'm Rich Irani, and you're listening to Rich in Life. Today, I have Magdalena Kelly. She's a hypnotherapist. For those of you who don't know who she is, she's helped people gain confidence, lose weight, and find their success through hypnosis. She's very outspoken on feminism and the Me Too movement and how women should take responsibility on how they behave. She has a lot to say, and I'm warning you from now, it could be controversial for some people. It's definitely changed my belief in hypnotherapy. Introducing Magdalena Kelly. Magdalena Kelly. That's who I have with me today. And she is a life coach and a hypnotherapist. And ironically, or incidentally, not ironically, but incidentally, she happens to be very pretty. And I'm going to ask a very politically incorrect question. Why aren't you just modeling? Shout out Uh, to all my doctors. I wouldn't be here without you guys. Thank you for everything. I don't don't know if I believe that, but okay, you're being modest. I like that. (laughs) They did a good job. So I'm grateful. Okay. Did you have the plastic surgeries before you were a life coach or because I find that if you're a life coach, don't you accept everything the way it is? And definitely me and a few friends just talked about that. I have a few girlfriends that had a lot done and um, they're all in their young thirties now. And we talked about, I would have probably skipped a few things that I did. So it's slowly kicking in, but I don't think it's the life coach thing. I think it's an age thing. That's the nice thing about aging. You just stop to give a F about so many things and most of the stuff we did was while we were younger trying to look good trying to fit in trying to go you know with the pressure that society would give us and at some point you lose that and it's wonderful but now it's too late you know uh, I guess yeah, but you know stuff. you still seems no but it doesn't matter you still look so young to me so I don't know I mean well yeah because I paid a lot of money that's the whole oh, point you did? okay good well all right well good it worked well yeah it better it better otherwise uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm, do people take be... you seriously what, you're Hell gonna be no. what? Of course not. Wait, wait, wait. First, not, back no, up a I, minute. I said I'm gonna be 34, but I feel 40. But I try okay. to look 24. <laughs> well, it's funny because you look like you're in your 20s, but after reading about you, you're very smart, and I see you've helped a lot of people. And yeah, I know that yeah. you. I want to get insight from you today on you know because that's what you do into helping people live a happy life and handling toxic relationships. So I guess what I started to ask you before is. How can people take you seriously? Because I, I hate to say it, and it's politically incorrect, you're very attractive. And people might think, well, you have it so easy. It's so easy for you to give advice when maybe things go your way. I mean, you're the epitome of, yeah, maybe the grass is always greener. I talk about that. It's not always greener, the grass. But you know, by looking at you, you seem to have you know, a lot going for you. How did you get in to becoming a life coach and a hypnotherapist? I know that you were a dancer. And you were very good at it. You were a professional dancer. So how did it morph into what you're doing now as a life coach? I used to be a professional contemporary dancer in the musical theater. And I had a contract with the West End, even in London, which is the British Broadway. And I had the famous ACL knee accident. It ended my career. I was very young. I was very talented, but maybe not good enough to pick up after that accident. So I could never make it back into into the big boys league you know in the musicals and I was very very depressed I started to hang out with all my you know all the dancers were like all the gay guys so I started to go out with the gay guys I was just drinking sweet alcohol not even hard liquor but like 
pina coladas and sweet stuff and eating with my crotches gaining more and more weight and then I found myself gaining 70 pounds 35 kilos being even more depressed and I gave up on everything and then I spoke to an amazing life coach and um, they really changed my perspective they didn't change my life but they changed how I looked at life so that was the first impact. And this was when I started to look into coaching, into all of these things. And then later I moved to LA and I got married. I was married for almost five years together for six. And then I got divorced. And that was a second big impact in my life. And then I made, met a very young, talented hypnotherapist, hypnotist, and he hypnotized me. And within one hour, again, he changed my life. He changed my perspective, how I look at things. And then I became friends with him. After being his client, we became friends. And he got me more into the coaching. He said, Maggie, you're amazing at speaking. People connect to you. You've been through a lot of pain. I think you could do this because I was looking for a change in career. Because, you know, when you get divorced, it's not only the hair appointment. It's sometimes also the life appointment. Let's change something more than just my hair. And um, he got me into this. I became friends with him. I became friends with all of these people that are in this, in this scene. And then eventually he started, uh, he, he told me I should learn hip, hypnosis. And I said, you know what? Speaking is one thing. Sharing my story is one thing. But hypnosis, you guys are doing some magic. I don't even know what you're doing. And he said, no, no, no. You can study only that much. But you also need a specific, it's some kind of gift. Because a lot of people study hypnotherapy, but they still can't do it. Or they're not really good at it. Well, it's and funny because that was my question to you. One of my questions yeah. was, can somebody study hypnotherapy? Yes. Is it something that yes, you can yes. learn? But yes, don't absolutely. you have to have a certain knack for it? Isn't there some kind of a knack that you have I to innately so. have? I, I don't think you need it to learn it, but I think you, you need it to be good at it. And it's also a mix of, within seconds, I have to build up a mix of authority and sympathy. So you need to like me really quick enough to tell me, whatever you're going to tell me. And some of these stories are crazy. And at the same time, you need to respect me enough to go into that state, to be open to my suggestions. So once you started to train me, but that's not of my work. I just turned out to be really talented. You know, sometimes you try something and you're like, damn, I'm good at this. It was a miracle, maybe mm -hmm. lucky him that he saw it in me. I turned out to be really good at it. And my talent paired with my German discipline and my work ethics just made me really good, really quick. And then, like you say, the blonde hair, and that was it. That was it. She's good, and she got blonde hair. She's done. Like, let's do it. Let's push her. Okay, but I want to go back to my original question. There has to be people that don't take you seriously or pretend they want to be hypnotized when really they just want to date with you. I mean, I know men that would probably call you pretending they need a life coach and just yes, really and just want to date you. And they do. And so and what I do you do? And I, I charge them for a session, and I don't go on a date, and that's it. I have a good day. <laughs> smart jeez you're smart oh. okay okay oh, i yeah. like that okay so i have a few questions for you because i know that this is your wheelhouse so first of all how does somebody know if they're in a toxic relationship so women are more complicated with men it's simply do you feel good and when women ask me how do you keep a man all of your relationships have been very long you are friends with all your ex-boyfriends and your ex-husbands how do you do that men just want to feel good and women overcomplicate. It's not about, do you need to have the craziest sex 10 times a day? Do you need to look your best every day? It's about, do you make your man feel good? So men just want to feel good. With women, women need to feel secure and safe. So women will look more for, can I reproduce with you? And will you take care of me and my offspring, right? And men look for, are you make, do you make me feel good enough? And are you good enough for me to you know, share my semen with you? And another big problem is that, Men are not wired to be with just one woman. Men are meant, especially the more alpha, 
the more you should spread your seeds. That's how it should be. If you have a good genes, you're supposed to share them with as many as you can. Women are supposed to just be with that one man, pick the right alpha, be open to him, get his child, and that's it. And that is a problem. So the evolution goes towards the way that is actually wrong. We're not wired to be that. Now, when I tell women, men are not supposed to be, let's say, monogamous, they're like, what do you mean? There are relationships, they, they go on forever. Yes, some men are fine with it. It doesn't mean you can't do it, but you truly, honestly are not meant to be with just one woman if you're a true alpha, a strong alpha male. So the, the problem of toxic relationships is miscommunication and misunderstanding and not looking into where do we come from. You just have a guy, you want to be with him, Maybe you're, you're not making him happy. Then he looks for someone else and then he's an asshole. And that's the usual story, right? Of a couple. Um, okay. So as a life coach, when you come across a woman with an experience like that, do you, <clears throat> when you tell her that this is a male gene, if they're alpha male, they want to spread their seed. Do you maybe encourage them that that's the way it is? And maybe it's something you can accept. Usually if I explain it to people and they're open to learning and to adapting, they will see immediate results, especially if they're single, let's say. And now with my help, they start to date again, but on different terms, after knowing what I tell them, they see results. They see, um, they see, uh, they see how it changes. So then, so they, they, then they support it and they're like, wow, I thought you're crazy, but it actually does work. But there are some women that are very stuck and they don't want to change. And, and that's the problem. You need to adapt. You need to be flexible in all life situations. Pretty much what works in relationships works in business. What works in business works in relationships. Your whole life is a sale. You sell yourself to the other person. You try to prove that you have a good product, which might be you or a relationship with you or working with you. And then you try to be consistent in offering good service. Again, in a relationship or in a business partnership. And once you understand okay. that, everything falls into place. Okay, so now for to play devil's advocate, you have a woman who is a very good wife, but has a husband who just is a macho guy that likes to play around. How can you help a woman like that, even if she's willing to listen to you, even if she's willing, you know, to do other things, it's either they put up with the infidelity, or they have to make a move and leave. Isn't that correct? I mean, how much more could a woman do? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, all women are angels. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But people are coming to you as a life coach and saying, okay, please help me. I'm taking care of the kids. I'm taking care of the house. My husband doesn't help me that much. And he disappears. He goes out with his friends. I think he's cheating. How does that, what kind of advice can you give? If you are with a real alpha male, a real alpha male, he will give you that feeling of safety and security and you will naturally adapt to his behavior, whatever matches him. So you've ever seen women, you know, the nice friend zone guys, they try everything and the women don't care. And then there's the asshole that calls them at 3 a.m. and they're going to go shower and shave their body and run to his house. Because if it's a real alpha, it naturally makes you comply. So that's another problem that's very controversial. Women are not supposed to be above the men, which does not mean the man is supposed to, you know, suppress them and, and dominant, uh, dominate them. But we are wired to the man builds the house, the woman makes it a home, the man kills the, kills the prey, and, and then we make it a, a dinner, we make it food. There are different roles, and right now the world is evolving into a wrong direction. It's against our primal instincts. That's why everything seems so confusing. So 
if you're there's a difference between a real alpha male and a asshole so i always need to find out are you dating an actual alpha or are you dating just this a asshole because there are two 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 types of guys right the one that lifts others up that is a real leader and then there's the one that tries to get to the top by pressing others down but okay if mm -hmm. yeah go ahead go ahead no so what i'm getting from you is this is that a real alpha male could still make a woman happy by doing what he's doing yes oh yeah or simply you will naturally accept it because you know you have the best if you know you got the top of the tribe you will do anything to keep them you will do anything to keep them and see i was dating now that i know him one real alpha male in my life i did things for him i accepted things that usually i would have been like are you out of your mind and i was like yeah sure no that's fine with me it wasn't completely fine with me but it was fine with me because it Tell was Tell me him. the things what he was doing. He was going with other women. I was ready to accept a open relationship for him but not for me. So he could sleep with others, I would only sleep with him. And I was fine with that because he to me was anything to be with you. But don't get it in the wrong way. He was such a alpha that he changed he changed me he made me be in my place and i didn't feel bad about it and later we broke up because he respected me too much he said you are the only woman that ever got me like that that ever offered me stuff like that that treated me like this that now you made me make me feel like it's not right to do this to you because you deserve more you actually deserve someone that is crazy about you so after that we became friends and we're still friends so he actually okay. showed me respect after that but yeah, I would have done it. I would have done it. You would have done it. I was ready. So yeah. How much flack do you get from women, from feminists? I'm sure you must get a lot of people. They hate me. They hate me. They're like, you want to ask, how can you say this? See, another topic, I had a big fight with the German press about rape. Did this man rape you? Or were you drunk? You slept with him. And the next morning you were ashamed of it. It's a big difference. Another thing that I teach women, and this is what I think I get the most shit for is, you know, no means no. So I get shit. I tell women, if you're sexting with a guy, if you guys are flirting and it's 11 p.m. or 1 a.m. and he invites you to his house. Now, this is where people say I'm crazy, and, but that's my opinion, my personal opinion. A lot of, a lot of people are going to hate me for that. The women now say, if I go to his house at night, Maybe I even give him a blowjob, we get it on. But then I don't want to sleep with him. No means no. What I say, if you are not truly ready to sleep with him, don't even go to his house at 1 a.m. Don't give him a blowjob. Because in the end, come on, penetration or blowjob, it's the same thing. You're being sexy with each other. Really, you're going to separate it? You're fine to have him down on you or your face is all over his, I don't know what. But then the actual, the actual act is too much for you. I had guys invite me over at specific times to their house. And if I know, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Guess what? Maybe another time. I just don't go. But I can't go there showered and shaved, show up there to then be like, no. And this is what I women think say, that's well, good advice. You know, and the women say, well, I want to be able to still go, but not be forced to have sex with him. I'm like, but do you need to go to his house at 1 a.m.? Can't you do it the next day at 12 a.m., have lunch with him? Do you need to go at 1 a.m. to his house when he's in his bed watching Netflix to then tell him you don't want to sleep with him? So this is why I want women to be more uh, foreseeing, you know? Um, direct. And I get you want it. women to be more direct also. That's more a di direct. That's, direct. Yeah. that's yeah, a way of direction. 
But to me, if you invite me at 1 a.m. and we've been talking very sexy and I come to you at 1 a.m. to then tell you, oh, no, I don't want to sleep with you. I don't know. And this is where I fight with a lot of women because they tell me I should be able to still go over there without sleeping with him. And I say, you should just see him the next day at daytime for lunch. So now it's funny. I have an opinion also. I tell, you know, certain women that I'm friends with and even my nieces don't even answer the phone from a boy, from a man after six o'clock. 6 p.m. Don't even answer the phone. If anyone is calling you at six to hang out or sending you a text that just says hi or what's up, don't answer it till the next day. That's my theory, my own personal theory. This is what I'm going to tell my children, my daughter specifically. They're shopping around. Never answer a text. Don't even answer the phone call. Call them back the next day. See what they want. Men are very straightforward. The funny thing is we always think others are like us, right? For example, women care a lot for words. Women are very auditory. So they like, they like to hear compliments because they like to give compliments. But men are more physical. So we speak different languages and it's the same in relationships. Men are very direct. So a man thinks, oh, she comes at 1 a.m. That means we're going to hook up. We had a sexy talk. Cool. I'm excited. But then women are like non-direct. So they're like, I'm going to go and see. But then, you know, maybe I don't want to. People always ask me that, you know, I worked a lot in nightlife. I'm from Hamburg in Germany, huge red light district. I worked in bars. I bartended in the shadiest places. And people ask me, so nothing ever happened to you? I'm like, no. And they're like, how's that possible? Did they not, were you not dressing as sexy? I was like, I dressed super sexy. I looked like a hoe when I was young for the tips, man. But nothing ever happened to me. Why? Because I was very direct. I didn't ever play a game like maybe something's going to happen. Maybe not. Let's see. No, it was either hell yeah, you're on the right track if I wanted to, or no, it will not happen for you and me tonight. It's not going to happen. And they do. And I cut them off in such a clean way that nobody ever crossed the line with me. So how is it possible me as a blonde five five survived all of those years and some of these women have all this stuff constantly happening to them. But then well, I watch them, I observe them, I see how they act and they play with it. They do the, I want to see if you want me to then tell you I don't want you. And you cannot do that. And women don't understand that it's not right to do this with men. Are you more of a sex life coach or a sex therapist? Because it seems like really, you know so much about it and you have such strong views about it. No, I honestly, you use the term life coach, but I, I'm, actually more, I'm actually more of a hypnotist. I mostly, especially in the last year, I really mostly hypnotize people for things. I don't really coach that much, but sometimes, sometimes for example, people see me um, and they want to be hypnotized for something. And then we talk and I notice that they're fine and their partner should be hypnotized. So sometimes I coach a little, but I mostly focus on hypnosis. But no, it's just, it's life experience. I learned a lot from this ex-boyfriend. He really taught me a lot because he was a real alpha. And I just see women, especially I live in LA and I see all these women and I see they do all of this for validation. They get the guy to a point to get their own validation, to fulfill, the, to feed their ego, to then cut them off. And if it's a real alpha, he might act more dominant or even get a little bit angry. And then they say, oh, he's an angry male. The problem is that society puts women on a pedestal right now. Our word means more than the man's word. People will believe us first before they believe a man. And it's not right. Just because men are maybe physically a little bit stronger and taller does not make them more, more dangerous or more of a liar. And women right now have like this carte blanche that we don't deserve. And the funny okay, so thing you, is, so the funny no, thing, ahead, finish. No, 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 I want to hear yeah, what the funny thing is. The funny thing is that the society believes women more when men are the more honest gender. Women yeah, well, it's funny. are more likely to 
to lie. And yeah, I, I don't believe us more. Yeah, you know, I don't know if the world actually believes that or the country. I think they're trying to teach us to believe women. So, you know, I think it's more of a, of a, of a trend of believe women, but I agree with you. I think everybody lies. I don't think it is a man or a woman thing. Everyone has a reason to lie about something. So, you know, we have to go by evidence. I want to talk about the hypno, uh, hypnotherapist, but I love your take on dating women and the alpha male. So I just want to bring up an example of Harvey Weinstein. I mean, would you consider him an alpha male or just an asshole? He's just an asshole. I don't know. I know he's a movie producer that went, you know, cray cray on, on, on young girls, but I don't, I didn't, I never observed him in, in speaking. And, and some people, some people seem alpha if they have a lot of, um, if they have a lot of success and they get a lot of validation, they sometimes might look alpha, but again, there's a difference between alpha and just being a dominant asshole. So sometimes it's a very fine line and an alpha okay, is so when, a, good, a good person. Okay, great. So he, I doubt he's an alpha, but he seems like an alpha from the way you would describe it. But I think more of the problem is that because he had so much power, women were willing to meet him at all times of the evening, at all different places during the day alone in order to get an interview with him. Let's see again. We can't, can't we have an interview, you know, at a coffee shop or even at the hotel at daytime with the team? Like just the fact I, I have an interview with you at 10.30 p.m. in a hotel room. Who else is going to come? Oh, it's just you and me. I will not come. I'll make up an excuse. You will never see me for that. And it's not you know, because I'm brilliant and smart. Like you, you, some of these women, like, come on, you got to use your brain. You got to use your brain. You know how many things I canceled? Big, amazing things. Because something was off right away. It was either just me with them. I'm like, hmm? there's always a team, especially if you have an interview with a celebrity or something. Or, you know how many people, like you said, want a hypnosis session, but it ends up to be at night at their house. Right. And they would pay me a lot of money or even. Yes, because you know what the hypnosis is? I want you to hypnose, to hypnotize me, to sleep with you. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that wants to be their hypnosis. Um, you know, Pamela but, Anderson said it great during the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. When they asked her her opinion on it, she said she never went alone. She would never go alone. She would always take another girlfriend if something seemed a little bit slightly off. But this is the old, this is the old thing. Even when, when we were teenagers and we would go somewhere, we would always bring a girl, right? Or even nowadays, when I have, have a photo shoot, maybe with a photographer that I don't know, I'm, I'm almost 34. You bet I bring a person. Well, this is how we were taught when we were young. I mean, I remember oh, my mom always. teaching my family, always bring a person, always look behind you. you. So what you do you attribute it? Do, is it feminism? Is feminism kind of maybe um, backfiring? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. It's, I really think, I really believe at least seven out of 10 situations could be avoided by simply cutting the situation off before it happens. And then for sure, two out of 10 times, there is a predator, a monster, a sick person, a rapist, a terrible, terrible human being. And then one out of 10 is this person that was, that was playing with fire, that kind of wanted it a little bit, but then, oh shit, now I'm in trouble. So I think it's one, two, and then seven. Seven is because people simply didn't cut off the situation. Like you say. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Statistics. You take 100 people, all 100 people are not going to be the same. Statistically, there's got to be a certain percentage of liars, of thieves, of, you know, a predator. It's just a numbers game. Am we I only correct? Have two, yeah, yeah. We only have two really deep primal instincts to reproduce and to survive. 
And my survival instinct, you bet, is big. Like I, my brain. I can is tell. Like, I am. I. I'm still naive when it comes to friendships or people. I'm still very. I'm a believer. I like people a lot. You know, I believe in people. I see them for their potential. So I'm still. It's not like I'm suspicious of everything, but this, this, yeah, this, this instinct. For example, if I meet a person for the first time. I will not drive with them in the car. Like little things like that. I naturally avoid situations. What's the problem of you taking your car, you know? And I see a lot of people, they get themselves continuously into situations. So I'm like, how, how did you even get into the situation? You have someone pick you up at 10 p.m. that you never met. Like, come on, just stuff like that. Do you really need to? So I, already, I, I cut off stuff yeah. right away. You need to be coaching young women, especially in LA. You live in LA. You should be coaching young women. I know you're not such a life coach, but you need to be coaching young women, especially in LA with everything you're discussing, because I think you make a lot of great points. But I do want to go to the hypnotherapy. You said you started hypnotherapy through a friend and you were good at it. Tell me how that oh, happened. Yeah, I think only two years ago, only two years ago, I was always interested in it. I've seen it. I always liked it. I was not one of those people that are like, oh, let's scam or mind control. I always knew it's science. I always knew it's an incredible tool. Um, there are amazing hypnotists in Germany. There is a, a Darren Brown. He's British. He's amazing. I mean, Tony Robbins, right? People know him as a speaker, a motivational coach, but he's the biggest hypnotist in the world. What he does is hypnosis uh, nonstop. Yes, so but incredible. his hypnosis, but isn't his hypnosis you don't know he's doing it to you, correct? It's not the traditional hypnosis where he it's puts both. you to sleep. It's both. No, no, yeah, no, not, now it's more of NLP, neurolinguistic neuro programming, covert hypnosis, as, as you say, hypnosis to conversation. But he, for example, on his, uh, on his events, he has a so-called closed eye process, you know, stuff like that. Um, the moment you close your eyes, you already go into the first stage of trance just by shutting off your visual system and only using your auditory system, you're already in a state of trance. So let's say if somebody explains something to you, it's very complicated and you really want to listen. Sometimes we naturally are like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, to like, you know, to inhale it better, to get it into our mind. So um, yeah, but he's definitely a big hypnotist. So it's been only, what I think, made two you, years. Um, uh -huh, two years, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I want to know what made you go into to hypnotherapy? I was married and, and we divorced and I wanted the divorce and my ex-husband wanted the divorce, but in the end, you still feel like a failure. We've been married. We've been together for six years. Oh, you guys still don't have kids. And now you divorce. Also, we're both um, public figures in Germany. He's very known in Germany. I'm, I'm pretty known in Germany. So all the drama with the, you know, everybody knowing it. And, and I was just like, I didn't know what to do. And also my, my ex-husband was a little bit of a narcissist. So he gave me this, this classic feeling of what am I going to do without him? He, he told me continuously, you'll be nothing without me. Like, how are you even going to stay in America? You're going to be back in Germany after six months and you'll see blah, blah, blah. So, so, um, I so what did you go to hypnotherapy for? What did you want to get out of it? I met him. I met him by accident. I think we, we talked in a, in a club or in a bar and then he told me what he does. And then I told him my life situation. He was like, well, I like you. I'm happy to offer you a session if you want to try it. I was like, you know what? This guy is cool. I actually feel like I can trust him. He seems nice. He seems very, very good at it. I'm, but I'm that goes against it. everything we just discussed. You not only went to a strange man's place, but you let a strange man hypnotize you. No, no. I met him at a bar and the next day we made an appointment in his office at daytime in the official office for hypno hypnotherapy. Oh my God. Oh, where no, there no. were other people there. No. Of course. It's a legit office, everything. Please. And he did okay. it. And I was like, I snap out of it. I opened my eyes and I'm like, he pretty much just told me what I already knew. He didn't tell me anything incredible. He told me, you know, you're good enough. You know you can do it. You know that this is not a disadvantage. It might be actually an advantage to be on your on your own now. You have all the freedom. You can do whatever you want. I open my eyes. I'm like, damn, 
I'm good. Thanks. So he gave you and confidence. I out of there. He gave me everything I needed. He gave me my self-belief back, my confidence. Yeah. And, and I walked out of there and I never dropped another tear after my divorce. And then and you and just I went started... for one session and it was just one yeah. session. Yeah. 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 One session. You, okay, you need two there... to three sessions. If it's really bad, there are some cases where people have incredible trauma. They went through incredible sexual or domestic um, violence and abuse. So I like to maybe see them two or three times, but usually if you have a good hypnotist, one session is enough. That's all you need. Do you believe hypnotherapy works for people that want to stop smoking or stop eating? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See what hypnotherapy, what hypnosis does. Hypnosis does not change your personality, but it changes your identity. It changes your beliefs. If today you believe I'm addicted to cookies, I hate mushrooms and I like guys that are assholes. And now I change your beliefs into, I don't like mushrooms. I hate sweets. I love veggies. I love to eat healthy. And also I attract only tens out of tens because I'm a 10 out of 10 and I don't accept anybody worse than that in my life. Then that's your new belief and that's your new reality. It sounds so perfect. It sounds like it would be wonderful, but how realistic is it? I mean, I don't think I could be hypnotized. If I could, I would have done it a thousand times already for a million different reasons. I want to be hypnotized to get rid of my anxiety, to be less grumpy, to eat less junk, to work out more, to be more pleasant. I mean, there's so many things I would want to be hypnotized for if I really believe that it would work. You don't really need to believe in hypnosis as much as you need to want the result. So I had the few, I barely had times where it didn't work as well. And the few times where, for example, with smoking, it didn't work as well was because the guy didn't want to quit smoking. He said, my wife's complaining. My daughter is complaining. So here I am. Make me stop. What am I going to do? I cannot find your inner will. But if you come to me and you say, I honestly do not believe in what you do, but I honestly need to stop whatever I'm doing. And I promise you, I'll follow your suggestions. Even if I believe this is a scam or whatever, I promise you, I'll genuinely follow your suggestions. I do what you tell me to do and I'm willing to try it. That's all I need. You can be the biggest pessimist, but if you truly work with me and you really want the result, I'll help you. So you need some inner will. You yeah, have to have some inner will in order to, to at least get something out of it. You need to want it. So what I do is you want something in your conscious mind, but in your subconscious mind, you're not strong enough to do it. So I connect those two and I make you be able to actually do it. But if in your conscious mind, you don't even want it, I cannot plant it in there. I could, like if I use unethical ways and stuff, I can go, you could go into mind control and all this stupid stuff, but it's unethical and it's not the point of hypnosis. Hypnosis is to make you, is to make you be able to do something that with your own mind, you're not strong enough. I need your will, but I don't need your mind because that's what I'll take care of. If that makes so sense. what's the most, yes, it does make sense. What's the most common issue people have when they come to you for hypnosis? Confidence. Really? Rate, confidence. Yourself, rate yourself 10 out of 10, seven. Everybody's a seven. If you think you're a seven, guess what kind of people you're going to attract into your life? Sevens. How would you attract a 10 if you're a seven? How would a 10 look at you if you're a seven? People perceive you the way you see yourself. If you think you're the shit, guess what? But you truly believe. It's not just you think you're the shit. If you believe you're the shit, people will believe you're the shit. If you just think it and you say it, people might be like, what? You know, the more you believe something, the more your mirror neurons will connect to other mirror neurons. So I have a question. And, and people will adapt that belief. 
somebody comes to you because they feel that uh, they don't have confidence because they're overweight. Is the hypnotherapy in order for them to stop eating and to lose weight? Or is the hypnotherapy to tell them that they're perfect the way they are and that they are a 10? I'm not judging. I think both of those scenarios are fine. But do you know, does it change with each individual? Usually I'll go with what they want unless, unless I believe what they want is really stupid. If someone is really overweight and they want to be hypnotized to feel good about it, my personal opinion is not in alignment with that. So either I don't take that client on or they agree on me hypnotizing them to lose 10 pounds a month. You can feel, you can feel okay with 130 pounds, 140 pounds. I don't mind if, if you want to feel good because you're a little overweight, but I will not make you be proud about being fat because that's, that's not in alignment with my beliefs. So that goes back to also personal opinions and stuff. It's like one lady had me, wanted me to hypnotize her to accept the behavior of her husband, who was highly abusive, degrading, and terrible. I will not hypnotize this poor woman to be okay with him being an asshole. I told her, I can hypnotize you to be strong enough and to feel good about leaving him tomorrow morning. If you're down for that, be my guest. If not, find someone else. It's very unusual to find somebody that's so honest as you and so outspoken as you. Time is my highest value. I don't care about, people have different core values. Some people have safety, financial security. Some people have freedom. Some people just have validation as a high value. I need to feel validated. My highest core value is time. I hate wasting others' time. I hate it if you waste my time. And what I'm selling is not hypnosis, it's not coaching. I'm selling saving your time. I will make you do something tomorrow instead of you starting in two years. People start to use the seatbelt after they had an accident. People stop drinking after they almost died drunk driving. People, stop, uh, people start a diet because now they have diabetes and they're super fat. What you pay me for is to not wait until this terrible traumatic impact is going to happen to you, but to start tomorrow or today. That's okay, what I so sell. I sell time. You sell time. How do you get clients, especially during COVID? How are you getting clients? How are you helping people? COVID has been I read, I better read somewhere than that. Yeah, you've before. been doing it over Zoom? Zoom? Yeah, virtual, virtual works great, especially if you've maybe been hypnotized before. But I also see some clients in person. You know, we do the COVID test and all that crap, and then that's fine. And um, yeah, a lot of people, of course, fell into depression because they lost a lot of stuff. A lot of women uh, gained weight because of the quarantine or can't find the the drive to do home workouts or to or to I have I have a lady tomorrow again she has a soda addiction and she wants to like fresh it up I helped her a lot but she was she wants to make sure it's going to stay like that she was addicted to soda so she gained a lot of weight because of that now she lost a lot of weight and um but mostly yeah mostly it's the confidence also uh, being able to say no is a big thing a lot of people live their life on someone else's terms and they know they do and when it comes back to confidence the funny thing is some people are like I'm not confident. And I'm like, well, you said that very confidently. A lot of people are confident in not being confident or a lot of people are comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. See marriage, right? I was in this marriage for five years. I knew after the second year, it's not really right. And yet I was comfortable in this uncomfortable situation. The thoughts about oh, moving out, the breakup, the divorce, oh my God, they're like, no, 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 never mind. And you just stay in this pattern. So another thing I hypnotize people for a lot is to have the strength to break out of this pattern, to be like, no, I'm going to move out. No, I'm going to end this relationship. No, I'm going to leave this job. People what about hypnotizing to... people to moving on? Oh, you yeah. need to hypnotize yourself. Are you going to hypnotize yourself to find another boyfriend, to get married, to, to have a family? <gasps> a lot of people, a lot of hypnotists 
artists teach and they're great in self-hypnosis, this is something I look at and I'm like, this is Chinese to me. I know. I meditate when I drive. I love driving my car. I love walking my dog in the park, listening to audiobooks or just to beautiful music. That's my meditation. You will not see me sit down holding crystals, breathing in, breathing out. It's <laughs> not my thing. But I support so people glad. that do it. No, a lot of a lot of people do self-hypnosis and I know it works. A lot of people knock themselves out. They open their eyes. They're like, whoo, let's do it. I'm like, damn, good for you. I can't do it. But I, I'm surrounded by amazing hypnotists. I have friends that are mentalists. I have magician friends. I probably have the coolest squats anyone could ever ask for. So I'm with the right people. If I need help, I get it. But I can't do it for myself. A lot of people you, can. They say they can. I can't. I'm like, I don't get it. You know, it's funny. My mom used to go to a place in Brooklyn, which is where I'm from. And she used to always try to keep the pounds off. And she always, I forgot his name. He was a very popular doctor. And a lot of people would go to get hypnotized. And it worked for my mom. And she would lose weight. And whenever she, you know, fall off, she'd go back. You know, I forgot his yeah. name. I wish I could remember. But it really worked for my mom. That particular thing for weight worked for my mom. Now, I don't know if everything would have worked for my mom. But weight, it worked for her. When he would say, don't eat pretzels, don't eat bread, you know, the things she loved, she would actually follow it. So it does work for people, I know. But I don't know if I believe it can work for almost everybody. And I think you agreed with that. You have to want it. Yes, yes. So some people are like, well, show me. I'm like, uh, hypnosis is such a gift. It would be literally throwing shit on it to try to force it on someone that doesn't want it. I see want. my okay. results. I see the results of my friends. I see people, they stutter and they quit stuttering after hypnosis. Of course, only if it's not a physical problem. Anything any problem you have that is mentally, hypnosis can fix. If you stutter, I stuttered after my dad passed away. I was six, he passed away. I was like, attention, my mom gets all this attention. My dad passed away, I need attention, what am I gonna do? Let me stutter. And then I stopped once I healed, once I healed and I got better after he passed away, after two, three, four years, I stopped. So if you have a, if you have, you know, a defect or you have something, something's wrong and, and you have physical problems, hypnosis can ease the pain or can you make you feel better, but it can fix the problem. But any problem that is physical, but because of your mental state, hypnosis can fix. Okay. A so take me through things. the process. Take me through the process. So somebody comes to you or calls you and says, listen, I am very unhappy, you know, about something. Let's just say, I, you know, I want to lose weight or, uh, you know, I'm in a bad relationship. Walk me through for, the process. There are different things when it, for example, comes to weight loss or when people are addicted to specific foods that make them, that make them uh, gain weight. I might either use an anchor. So I find something that they find truly disgusting and then I connect it. So they'll have the same feeling towards cookies and cake that they have towards, let's say olives that they hate. Right. So that's an anchor. We all have anchors. We hear a song or we smell something. Boom. We have a memory or we feel something that's an anchor. So I'll either do that. Second thing is, I change their beliefs. So I simply, I have, diff, there are different kinds of hypnosis. For example, one hypnosis is you walk a hallway with different rooms and you enter different rooms and each room has a mirror. And in this mirror, you see the perfect version of yourself if you would already be the way you want to be. And then I blend them with this feeling. And again, I anchor the feeling of already being there. So pretty much when I have an overweight person, I anchor the feeling of how a person that is slim would feel. How often would this person be hungry? How often would they take a walk? And then this person that is 200 pounds now behaves like a person that is 150 pounds and reality follows because you naturally lose weight. You, you move more, you eat less. 
So I give them the feeling of already being there. If people need to move on, I give them, I anchor in the feeling, for example, of when did you feel really good the last time? When, when did you feel really strong? Was there a moment where, and then, and then they say, oh yes, when I got this job or whatever, I was single and I felt like top of the world. I'm like, perfect. And then I have them reproduce this feeling and then almost like clone it and bring it into the now. And then they have it. It's so an anchor. Are they doing it while they're under a spell? Are they asleep? Or how a does spell. it work? Yes. So this. I know it sounds rest, funny as spell. No, yeah. you're cute. No, it's cute. This, it's called state of theta. The state I put you in is a state you go into several times a day. When you drive home the same route over and over again from work and you park your car and you're like, was that last traffic light even green? You were in hypnosis because you were just like driving on autopilot. When we watch a movie, for example, and we cry because someone died, we know Matt Damon didn't die. And yet we cry our eyes out. Why? Because we're in trance. And in that second, the brain doesn't know the difference between strong imagination and reality. Why would we cry? We're watching a movie with actors and yet we cry. Oh, we, we do this. We know this car accident didn't happen. Our brain doesn't though, because we're in trance. When we listen to a song and we like drift away, we're in trance. A lot of us women, for example, when we get out of the shower, a lot of us sit on the bed with the towel for two minutes doing nothing. Or sometimes when guys pee, when guys go for their purse, pee in the morning and they stare at the wall, they might be done since 30 seconds and they're still standing there because they're in trance. So it's the same state. It's pretty much just a relaxed state where you're very, very focused. Imagine you're in a loud club and you're talking to a friend. And although it's loud and you have the lights and the music, you're truly deeply focused on what your friend is saying. You're also in a state of trance because you're focused, you're concentrated onto one source. So in hypnosis, and pretty much you're only focused on the words I say. Nothing else matters. Nothing else. Your visual system is shut off. You only use your auditory system. The filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind is gone. Everything is one. And whatever I tell you goes right into here. So how long like is a trauma. session? As long as I talk to you. I mean, no, usually a session is an hour. We talk for a bit. We talk about stuff. And then I hypnotize you. Could be five to 10 to 50 to 20 minutes. And then after it, we talk again a little bit. And that, that usually comes out to 45 minutes to an hour. And um, you also, like we discussed earlier, you do it on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have group coachings too with uh, several coaches. Uh, we have amazing, um, uh, like in a group, we one on one, anything is possible. And and see, another thing but is, the more desperate you are, the more suggestible you are. After my biggest heartbreak, see, I always make fun of crystals and these moon people, full moon and stuff, right? After my heartbreak, I would show up to new moon affirmation meetings. I did anything. I was so suggestible. Why are many cults so successful or why are there so many cult leaders or many organizations what is church it's all a group of suggestible desperate people that look for a meaning that look for something to hold on to so if people come to me and they really tried everything they don't need to believe in hypnosis they're at a point where they're like dude at this point anything that will make me feel better and they're so suggestible that they listen to my suggestions they go in and they do the changes because they want it so much. They're like, help me out of this darkness. Finally, please. I think you're very convincing. I think that you're very you know convincing. What? I'm my own best client. I do something that I highly believe in. I don't sell you Adidas and I wear Nike. I know it helped me. I was suicidal. And suicidal doesn't always mean you want to kill yourself. Suicidal means you're numb. You don't feel anything. It's not even pain. You don't care about anything. Also, depression. Depression doesn't always mean crying all day long. Ugh. Depression means 
not giving a shit about anything anymore, about nothing, just being like, whatever, that is depression. And I was there many times and hypnosis helped me. We can debate if coaching helps because a therapist is just a friend that you don't have. Someone that gives you good advice and that listens to you. If you have a good friend and you can go for a beer or you go for a walk or girls go for a hike, that's your therapy. So we can debate if you need a therapist and therapists see you once a week and they charge a lot. And I, I also don't know if I really believe in that stuff, but hypnosis is science. Mm-hmm. I do something to you, to your brain, to your thinking. And I know it works. Remember how I told you earlier, people will believe what you believe, not what you say, what you truly believe. I might tell you other things and you'll be like, um, whatever. But what I told you right now is something I truly believe. And that's why you okay. might be a believer too then. So how would somebody find a good hypnotist? Like if somebody wanted to go to a hypnotist, aside from you, which I want to get to how people can find you, but for other people, is there a a hypnotherapist that you may want to run from? Like, is there any red flags that you people should know about if they go to a hypnotist? I think that's, I still don't know if I'm so successful because I'm so good or because everybody else is so bad to be honest. Maybe I'm not even that good, but everybody else sucks so much <laughs> that I look good. I honestly don't know. I have, I got lucky. I met this one guy. He only knows good ones. Through him, I met other good. I honestly don't know. Nowadays, you can have a bomb website, amazing headshots, great copywriting, and your page looks lit, right? And yet you're a fraud. Not only in hypnosis, business coaching, um, anything, right? So nowadays, it's, I honestly... I don't even know, but I would stick. I think when I would read article articles nowadays with social media, I would look for maybe verified people. I would look for um, testimonials. To me, probably the safest is a mouth to mouth. If you meet someone yeah. that saw someone and it worked, it might be your random little hypnotist that is unknown. But if your friend says, you know what, man, I feel good. Like it did work, go see him. And then okay, there might be someone how- big and and famous and they say you know what that was they didn't work then don't see them right and i was going to say the bigger somebody is is there a certain amount of money where there should be where they should say ah eh, it's a ripoff like what should people be spending on hypnotherapy and i don't know i mean hypnotherapy is expensive because it's so amazing especially if you just need one session i mean i charge between 500 to a thousand which i'm still one of the cheaper ones so people are like a thousand bucks for an hour if you have a problem since 30 years and you walk out of here today without this problem, it's not worth a thousand bucks. I mean, there are people that charge 150, like Germany is a little more affordable because Germany in general is not as expensive as America. I think they charge 250, 250 to 350 per session. Um, but do your research. It's like with your hairdresser. Don't go to a hairdresser where people come out with like bangs like this and like a red color that <laughs> right, is like carrot. Right. Do your research. People are too fast. Same thing with plastic surgeries, right? We see all these shows about botched people and stuff. Do your research. Don't go with the cheapest. This is something highly intimate. It gets to your core. It gets to your soul. Talk to people. Ask them questions. I always answer DMs. If I don't have a time, I have a team that helps me. If someone is uh, impatient or doesn't answer you or seems arrogant or says, like, either you book or not, then, of course, these are all red flags, right? Tell people how they can find you. How do they find Magdalena, Kelly? All of, uh, all of the social medias, obviously. Magdusia. It's my old. My mom's Polish. It was my nickname. Magdusia. So I made it into an Instagram name and years later, I just kept it. All the Spell social it. medias, M-A-G-D-U-S-H-Y-A. Um, I'm featured on a few cool things and there are quite a few articles about me. Please DM me. I'm on, I'm on TikTok, same username. I'm doing all those TikTok videos to show people uh, hypnosis. Um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Clubhouse. 
our new favorite thing. So um, I'm happy. Well, to this hear was from such a pleasure and... talking to you. Yeah, and I thank and you so I much for having people me. People to DM you. It's my pleasure. I think that you're so interesting. I think that you're funny and informative, which are my two favorite things. And um, I hope uh, people are going to start DMing you to maybe get some more information. I think you have a lot to say. Yes, please. And in, in Germany, we say there are no stupid questions, only stupid answers. So whatever you guys maybe have or you think right now, oh my God, I could never, should I tell her about that? I heard everything. You can't surprise me. So please go for it. Listen, you may be getting me because I need a lot of, I need a lot of hypnotism, but that's another, that, that's another conversation. Thank you, like Magdalena. The, you you want to be less grumpy. We'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, all of it. I want to be less grumpy. I want to live in the moment. Uh, all of it. We're going to be in touch. Thank you, Magdalena Kelly. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Rich and Life with Rich Arani. If you like what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.